cool. Hey, it is fantastic to be back at the church that I grew up in. Uh, it's nice to know that some things never change, like the music, which is great. Uh, I was actually telling the worship band that I was really happy uh, to be here because there were drums on stage. I've been preaching at a very traditional church for the last two and a half years, and if you say the word drum, you're kicked out. So it's nice to have drums. It's also good just to be back in Cubs country, for crying out loud. Um, you know, I, I've been in the heart of Cardinals country, and, uh, and it's not easy being a Christian in Cardinals country. And it's even harder if you're a Cubs fan because it's their God's team. And so, um, you know, uh, as a joke, someone gave me a, a St. Louis tie, you know, it was just like, hey, welcome, welcome to the Cardinals country, whatever. And, you know, I wore it once. I felt like I had the mark of the beast on, so I never wore it again. But um, it's good to be back here at Griffith First Christian. Uh, my name is Stephen Massey. I graduated from Ozark Christian College with a bachelor's degree in ministry about two years ago. And ever since then, I've been preaching at a little church in Missouri. Uh, I'm very thankful that uh, Sean was uh, nice enough to give me this opportunity to preach and to share from, uh, from the Bible with you. I want to jump right into our text this morning. Uh, turn, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Book of Luke, chapter 5. Here we are introduced to some fishermen who are just sort of chilling out along the shore. Uh, Luke and the other Gospels let us know that this is Simon and Andrew, who are brothers, as well as James and John, and their father Zebedee. Now, really, I was trying to think about how to describe these, these men, you know, these, these, this family who's passionate about what they do, uh, you know. I want you to think Duck Dynasty with fish. Because this is what's going on. You've got, you know, the crazy entrepreneur brother who thinks, you know, speaks before he thinks. You've got, you know, just the wild family, Uncle Zebedee, probably Uncle Cy, because he's crazy. So, yeah, I want, you know, Bass Empire. That's what we've got going on right here. But really, fishing was their livelihood. You know, it put food on the table. It put clothes on their backs. It allowed them to pay taxes and, and purchase animals for sacrifices. Now, these men, they were not uh, sport fishing with poles from Bass Pro Shop. They didn't have fancy gas-powered boats. No, no. They had to row and use the wind to sail. And uh, their, their poles were actually giant nets with weights on them. And so what they would do is they would row or sail out to the middle of a lake. And uh, they would take these nets and they would sort of throw them like this. Because what you wanted to do was get them to open up. And they would fall down over the fish, and then you would reel it back in. And so that's what these men are doing all night, is what the text is telling us. These men were up all night trying to fish, but they didn't have anything. Now you can imagine that because these men eat, sleep, breathe, eat, eat, eat fish, you know, fish is everything, they've got to keep these nets in pristine order. Because if the net breaks, they don't get fish. And if they don't get fish, they can't provide for their families. And so the text tells us that Peter and Andrew are, you know, busy, you know, fixing the ropes and getting the boats ready, you know, and the other brothers are out here, you know, mending the nets and, you know, picking all the seaweed and stuff and the rocks out of them. And they're keeping everything in pristine condition. So here we pick up in Luke chapter five. I want to start with verse three. He got onto one of the boats, this is Jesus, got onto one of the boats belonging to Simon, 
and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he, that is Jesus, had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down, let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knee and said to him, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and, his, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Matthew and Mark's gospel say, at once, immediately, they dropped their nets, and they followed Jesus. Now, <laughs> fishing is everything to these men. It's, it, it's their lives. And, and so when the Bible says that they dropped everything to follow him, I, I have to think to myself, isn't that stupid? You know, one minute these men are working in a profitable career, they're making money, they're maintaining their lives, and in the next, they become penniless, jobless, homeless, perhaps in the case of James and John, fatherless. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. Isn't that stupid? And yet this morning I tell you that if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've got to drop your nets. We live in a culture that glorifies the self. Look on social media, Facebook, Twitter. It's all about you, how you feel, how you want it. Have it your way. And, and, and take a step back from that even. We live in America where our highest achievement is to have the best job, the best family, the greenest grass, and the newest technology. No wonder some Christians have a hard time understanding what it means to follow Jesus. If you want to follow Jesus, you've got to drop your nets. This morning, I want to talk with you about your nets. Every one of us has a net. I want to talk about what you have in them. I want to talk about why you carry them. I want to talk about why you need to let go. I have a net with me. Uh, and this certainly is not uh, the end-all, be-all of every net, but this is sort of going to represent some of the things that we might have in our net. There's not, uh, there's not a lot of, you know, variety in here, I guess. I don't know. But um, let's start with some of the good stuff. We've got this trophy. Represents our success in life. Maybe this is a success you want for your kids. Nothing wrong with this. You want your kids to have a good education, good jobs. You want them to succeed and be good at sports. Apparently, this is a volleyball trophy. Oh, man, you guys are really good. 
There we go. Success. How about this? How about a, how about a diploma? Uh, education, academics, you know, uh, you, you want to succeed in life, you've got to have a good education. And so we spend obscene amounts of money on college education so that we can have good jobs. Got that. How about, uh, what else we got? How about a checkbook? Money. Again, not a bad thing. But this is our security. This is what puts us through college. This is what provides for our family. Um, you know, and I'm a huge advocate of people having money. I think it's a good thing, all right, as long as you don't love it. But money, here you go. How about, uh, hmm, I've got a iPod, iPad, technology. Man, technology is such a great thing, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's allowing us to be uh, uh, closer to each other even when we're far away. It's uh, allowing, you know, medical sciences to just go crazy advanced beyond our years. I mean, technology is a great thing. And if you, maybe you get a job and you spend money on, you know, your education to work with technology and you're going to help uh, everyone live better and eat better and sleep better and all of these things. A and please do something with the Cubs for crying out loud. But um, so you have technology. Not a bad thing. I've got a, I've got a picture of my family in here. I wish you could see this up close. This is our, our death metal pose. You know, I have a weird family. But, um, you know, maybe your picture looks different. Maybe there's, you know, more or less people. Maybe, maybe your picture is a boyfriend or a girlfriend, special someone in your life, you know. But uh, everyone's got at least something like this. And, um, you know, these things aren't bad. They're, they're not bad things at all. W wouldn't you agree with me? And, and maybe you have different things. Maybe you have other things, and, and that's fine. But now we need to we need to talk about the things at the bottom of the net. Things that you don't necessarily want people to know. Like this uh magazine that represents your porn addiction. The porn industry in the US is a multi billion dollar industry. And every year more and more people succumb to it. How about this, um, this hammer? Represents how you break people down with your words, with your actions. Maybe it's so that you can have more success. Maybe it's just because you don't like people. But you, you're willing and able to step over people to get what you want. Got a pair of sunglasses in here. Um, you wear these because you don't want people to know you exist. You think that you have nothing to offer the church. You have nothing to offer your job. A and, and maybe you didn't put these on voluntarily. Maybe it's because you had a, a horrible home life. Maybe something happened to you when you were younger. And, uh, and now you, you don't want, you, you don't want to go through life without notice. But here's the thing. You, you really do want to be noticed. There, there's a battle inside of you. Because you want to be loved, you want to be recognized, but at the same time, you're not willing to open up. Last thing I have, I have a pair of slippers. This is, um, this represents our comfort in the church. 
you know, some people, they, they get baptized. I believe in Jesus Christ, all that good stuff. They get baptized, and then they fall into this pattern of co- just coming to church, tithing, taking communion, saying hi to a few people, and that's it. You, you're comfortable with your faith. You don't want to grow. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. And so when you came out of the baptismal waters, you, you exchanged the walking shoes that Jesus gives you for slippers. And some of you have been sitting in the same pew, literally, figuratively, for years and years. This net is a heavy, hulking burden to carry, um, especially on the road that Jesus is walking, and especially on the road that Jesus calls his disciples to walk. Why do you carry these nets? Why, why do you carry this net full of stuff? Well, maybe it's, it's pressure, pressure from other people. Can I tell you about my friend, my best friend? You know, if, if you were to talk to him uh, about God's stuff, you know, on the surface, he would, you know, seem like a, a regular guy. But once you get past Jesus, man, it's, he's way off in left field. You know, he holds beliefs about scripture and teachings of scripture that, that um, I'm shocked and amazed about because we both went to the same Bible college. And when you press him for information, when you ask him why he believes these things, he'll tell you it's because it's what his friends believe. And he doesn't, he wants to save face with his friends. Pressure from people. How about the need to succeed? Man, you got to get ahead in life. You got to do your best. And so you're willing to step over people. You're willing to do whatever it takes. Maybe you have to lie. I don't know, but you have to be the best. Maybe it's uh, feelings of jealousy or hatred. You know, I'm going to hang on to these things because I deserve to be angry and I deserve to be upset and I deserve to hate this person because of what they did to me. How about it's the, maybe it's the opposite end of that. Maybe you, you say, I deserve to carry this net and I deserve to have these burdens because I'm no good. Because Jesus couldn't, couldn't care less about me. The world couldn't care less about me. Church, as long as you carry your net, whatever is inside of your net, good and bad, that will be your identity. It's what defines you. For Peter and Andrew and James and John, uh, this is who they were. They they were fishermen. That's what they knew. Fishermen back in those days, they weren't educated people. I mean, you know, all right, come here, son. Ready? Uh, It's not that hard. There you go. That's your livelihood. You know, their fathers were fishermen, their grandfathers were fishermen. It's what they knew. Church, everyone has a a net full of stuff, everyone. But the problem is, is that God never intended for you to be defined by these things. God never intended for any of these things in your net to take his place in your life. You see, the the you, when you were baptized, something happened to you, the you that stepped into the baptismal waters changed. You're different. When you you came out of the baptismal waters, you were a a new creation, a a fresh creation, a a blank slate. We read about this in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Church, God no longer calls you foe. He calls you friend 
God no longer calls you convict. He calls you his child. Some people might look at you, and they might look at your net, and they say, well, you're a sinner, but you respond with, well, yeah, I'm a sinner, but I've been saved and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's a great attitude to have, but the question still remains, why why are you carrying your nets? Why do you have these things? And so we need to talk about dropping your nets. In fact, we aren't just talking about dropping our nets as much as we are talking about exchanging them for something greater. Jesus told Peter and Andrew and James and John to follow him. Immediately they dropped their nets and they followed. Now listen to this, church. The moment they dropped their nets was the moment they picked up their cross. If you want to follow Jesus, you you have to drop your nets. But then you have to pick up your cross. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 25, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to lose his life will save it. But whoever, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? I don't know what that looks like in your life. Maybe you need to give money away. Maybe you need to to go apologize to someone, to their face. Not over Facebook or a text message. That's lame. You need to go face-to-face and apologize. Man, I'm really sorry I said this. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm an idiot. I don't know. Maybe you need to take a retreat with your spouse. Maybe you need to go spend some time with your kids and reconnect with them. Get to know your kids. Maybe it's time that you finally just just buck up and go see a counselor. If you feel like you don't have any friends, there's no one here that's going to listen to you, gosh, pay someone. Take the step. Go see a counselor. Go see a life coach. There's no shame in that. It's a great thing. Those nets and those fish were were everything to to Peter, Andrew, James, and John, but they literally, they literally dropped everything, and and that's kind of where we have the problem, is because when you you start to follow Jesus, you go, all right, Lord, you know, know, I'll give this away, and I'll give, but this, you know, this I want to keep. You know, I like this, you know, this item in here, but you can have this, but I might take it back from you one day. No, 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 no. No, 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 that's not the case. This, this is not a deli where you get to pick and choose what you want on your sandwich. No, when you follow Jesus, you drop the whole thing. You drop the whole thing. Otherwise, we'd be walking by faith, or by sight and not by faith, and, and the path that we're supposed to be walking is a path of faith. Matthew chapter 7, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Luke's gospel says it like this. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter, and they will not be able to. Church, the thing about our nets is that when you, when you try to follow Jesus, when you try to walk the narrow path with your nets, 
something happens, and you might be able to walk for a while, but eventually you get to a doorway that you can't get your net through. It's kind of like moving furniture. Pain. It's a pain. And you try to twist it, but it still won't go through. And maybe you take a few things out of it, and maybe, you know, my net collapses, but I'm not going to. And you try to collapse it, and you try to get it through, but there comes a point in your life where your net just doesn't cut it, and you can't take it with you. And so you make the decision, do you drop it, or do you just walk away and carry your net, find a different road? You can fight and pull and push and maybe take a few things out, like I said, but the only thing that's going to get you through that narrow gate is to drop your net, drop everything that gets in the way of you following Jesus and pick up your cross. Meaning, you die to yourself, you die to your wants. And you say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, no matter what. The rich young ruler had a real, real hard problem with this. He says, Lord, what must, what must I do? Drop everything and follow me. Everything? Yeah, everything. Sell all of your possessions. Sell everything that you, you care about. Give it to the poor and come follow me. You know what he did? He decided not to go follow Jesus. Um, as we come to a close this morning, I, I want to remind you of something that Jesus taught us about our nets. And then I want to issue a challenge, if that's okay. Um, in John chapter 21, we find that Peter and, his disi- and the disciples ha- have returned to their nets. So they're back on the boat, and they're out there fishing with their nets. You know, this is after the resurrection, and, and I don't know whether Peter just, you know, is having a hard time dealing with Jesus coming back. Maybe he's still doubting. Maybe he feels guilty because he denied Jesus three times, but he just, he's gone. He's like, I'm going back to fishing. This is ridiculous. And so he takes some of the disciples with him. And it's the same exact situation. They're out there all night fishing with no success. No success. And then in the wee small hours of the morning, Peter hears a voice calling from the shore. Friend, have you, have you caught any fish? And Peter just irritably turns, you know, no, duh. And the voice says, throw your net over on the other side. Starting to sound familiar yet? And so they throw their net over and and they can't pull it in because it's so heavy. It's so full of fish. But then Peter realizes that it's Jesus. What does he do, church? Drops his net again. Drops his net full of fish jumps into the water, swims to shore, swims to Jesus. And and this is amazing. Do you know what he finds when he gets to Jesus? He finds that Jesus has prepared fish. He's prepared the thing that Peter's been needing and wanting. Friends, the Lord knows what you need. And he will provide. In order for God to provide, you need to drop your net. You need to say, God, you are in control. You are the one I follow and nothing else. Here's my challenge for you this week. Um, In your bulletin, there's not a three-point outline or anything. That's kind of old school, but whatever. 
Here's my challenge to you. You have, you have a drawing of a net in your bulletin. You have, from the beginning of our last worship song to the end of the week, to draw the things that are in, in your net, to put them on paper. And may, maybe you do it during your quiet time. Maybe you do it at work. Maybe you do it when everyone's gone to bed. Take this week. Reflect on what is in your net. What is in your life that you value more than Christ? What, what is in your life that is keeping you back from being a disciple of Jesus? Think long and hard about it. And, and then what I want you to do is, after you've drawn whatever is in your net, I want you to symbolically drop it. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe you, maybe you talk to a friend about it and you give, you give your friend that. Maybe you just crumple it up and throw it away. I don't know. Whatever you have to do to symbolize the, the words, Jesus, I trust you and I follow you and I want to be your disciple and there's nothing in this world that I treasure more than you. So here you go. Here are the things in my net. That's what I want you to do this week. Spend some time reflecting on Christ and being his disciple. Weigh the cost in your own lives. Because if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to drop your net.